The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours right here on the Auburn Open Like a Sports Leader ESPN 1067. Uh, it is August 29th, 2023. That means we are just four days away from the kickoff of Auburn football in 2023 as the Tigers continue to prepare and get ready to take on the UMass Minutemen coming up at 2.30 p.m. Central Time over at Jordan-Hare Stadium this upcoming Saturday. So lots to talk about today and the rest of the week when in regards to uh, that, that game on Saturday, all of the other games going on around college football this week as well. And so we're going to have a little bit of, of a mixture here on the show today. Uh, if you were with us yesterday in the second hour, Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joins us every Monday at 3.30. Uh, there was a little miscommunication, and so we were unable to get, get him on the show yesterday, but we're going to have him on the show today coming up at 2.30. So we're going to make up for that and have him on the show coming up in just about 30 minutes. So Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network will join us in this first hour. Also want to talk, we're going to start the show today talking about some... Just some headlines uh, around around sports. Uh, we got some baseball to talk about, some golf to talk about. I uh, want to give you a rundown on what's coming up here on ESPN 106.7 over the next couple of weeks, our live events that we carry each and every weekend uh, and throughout the week as well. So we're going to start off today just by starting off with some basic headlines for uh, from around the sports world today. Then we'll talk with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. Coming up in hour number two, we'll talk about the opening games for SEC teams in week one. Right, We'll talk about the games that each SEC team is playing, what's on the line for those games and for these teams and coming up in week one of the college football season. Then, later on in hour number two, Daryl Dapperts, Double D, will join us on the show at 3.30 as he does every single Tuesday. We'll talk to him about how he's feeling as we get set for Auburn versus UMass on Saturday. So excited to talk to both of those two gentlemen, have some fun conversations planned uh, for the show today. Outside of those two guests, though, you know the drill. Phone lines are open. Give me a call. I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390. What's on your mind? What do you want to talk about here on a Tuesday afternoon? I already got people calling in. We're going to get to the phones in just a second. Uh, what do you want to talk about today? What's on your mind? What's on your heart today in the sports world? Anything that uh, has caught your eye, caught your ear over the last few days? Let's talk about it here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. 334 Four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll talk some of the biggest headlines going on in the world of sports here in just a few minutes. But let's start the show by going to the phone lines, and uh, we'll get to it. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Hey, this is Andy in Auburn. Hey, Andy, how are you, man? Hey, uh, 
So good job uh, picking uh, Notre Dame or uh, <laughs> yeah Notre Dame with me last week. Yeah, yeah, um, Notre Dame covered uh, fairly easily, didn't they? Who was your guest that uh, went with Navy after I told him uh, not to? Oh, it's uh, Uncle T Bone. He joins me on oh, Friday wow. afternoons. Yeah, he he chose Navy with the points, but that <laughs> wasn't a great pick, was it? Well, he even said the website where he's like, you know, when the people vote, when the public votes, I usually. When they zing, I zang. I'm like, okay. And then he said he's going with uh, Navy. I'm like, you know, I said, that's probably the easiest bet um, of the week. Other than, I got another easy one. Okay. Um, UMass versus Auburn. I don't see us. Uh, okay. I, I don't see us losing, but um, that's a lot of points. Um, but it's risky with a new coach, so you never, I won't be putting the house on it like I did with uh, Notre Dame. But what are your right. thoughts on that? And um, we'll just make a whole bunch of money this year. Yeah, hey man, hey, you 100%. keep yeah, you keep calling in and giving me picks, and eventually I'm gonna start taking them, and maybe uh, maybe you and I can start getting a little richer this fall. But uh, you know, with the with the Auburn spread, the last time I saw it, 35. Is that still where it sits up to up to your point, Andy? The, the last thing I did is I teased South Carolina and Auburn, so it puts South Carolina up around. Um, like nine points and Auburn around 40. I, I just don't see it. Ha- I could. I mean, anything could. I've, I've lost with, you know, Full House and Texas Hold'em before. Mm-hmm. Um, anything could happen, but I just I just don't see us. I don't see us scoring that many points. Yeah. they got a pretty good defense, and uh, they just beat New Mexico, right? New mm-hmm. Mexico State. Yeah, New Mexico and State, yeah. And, I mean, these teams always come in here and um, scare us. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and, and at least frustrate us. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time that Auburn has has played with its food a little bit on a, a smaller opponent. But um, yeah, you got to see UMass a little bit in Week Zero. They were at seven point underdogs in that game, Andy, and they came out and won not just outright; they won outright by double digits. So right. uh, give give UMass a ton of credit. Hugh Freeze on uh, what was that yesterday uh, gave UMass a ton of credit on their defense. Talked about their record being terrible, but they still had a top ten defense last year. So. Um, look, uh, right now, according to ESPN, Auburn's 35. I'm sure you can find it anywhere between 35 and 40 points. I think Auburn is going to score, but I also think Auburn's going to run the football. And think about this too, Andy. This is a really important uh, point that people have to remember. Teams that run the football now in 2023 and beyond, they get to speed the game up because first downs no longer stop the clock, right? It continues to run outside of two minutes. So a team, a team like Auburn, they're going to run, and the clock's just going to run, and they're going to eat up some time. And so maybe Auburn doesn't score as many points as they would in the past. Right. Yeah, I think, I think Alabama's going to be running the ball a lot this year, too. All right, mm-hmm. well, I'll listen to you. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate the call, Andy. Good to hear from you. 334-321-1390. I'll make my pick later on in the week. But, look, any opening game that has a spread of 30-plus, of right, whether it's Auburn-Massachusetts, whether it's Alabama and Middle Tennessee, whether it be – you know, and just kind of looking at the games. I mean, Oklahoma's favored by 35 against Arkansas State. I mean – Anytime you get above 25, 30 points on a spread, you're really just shooting in the dark. Because, sure, that team is supposed to win by a lot, right? Auburn's supposed to win by a lot against UMass on Saturday. Kentucky's supposed to win by a lot against Ball State. Uh, as we just looked through, Arkansas's supposed to win by a lot against Western Carolina. Like, that is supposed to happen. You're really just shooting in the dark on whether your team's going to cover a 30-plus point spread or not. Can Auburn do it? Yeah, absolutely. And 
I think 35 is a lot of points, but if Auburn can can hold UMass, now a team that scored 41 points in Week 0, um, I don't know. I really don't know, and that's why a line like that scares me. It's why, um, it's why I probably would stay away from it, but Andy has UMass covering the 35-plus spread, so good for him. He was right in Week 0. Let's see if Andy could keep it going. And I'd love to hear your picks uh, on, on, the game, on the game all season long, all week long leading up to UMass, and of course all season long um, when we're talking Auburn football and other games around the Southeastern Conference and college football as well. But um, yeah, with Auburn and UMass, I mean, a 35-point spread, it's just a lot. And like Andy mentioned too, first-year head coach, tons of new players. Um, you just don't know. I mean, it, it's truly a coin flip on whether Auburn actually covers 35 or not. And the total is 52. So I don't know. I really don't. And if I'm shooting from the hip, I would say Auburn probably doesn't cover that. But Auburn could still win this thing by 28 or 30 points, 32 points, 34, whatever. And you wouldn't technically cover, but you're still going to win by numerous scores. So Great call, Andy. Always great to hear from you. I appreciate you uh, uh, starting off the show with us on the phone lines, 334-321-1390. I mentioned want to start off today uh, with some headlines going on around the sports world. And um, the, the one that really has bothered me since last night when it happened was the scene at Coors Field in Colorado in Major League Baseball in right field late in the game between the Colorado Rockies and the Atlanta Braves. And we know if you were to take a poll of 100 random Major League Baseball fans, doesn't matter what team they cheer for, doesn't matter what city they reside in, doesn't matter, right? If you were to ask them, who is the most exciting baseball player right now in the professional leagues, you would get two answers. You would get Shohei Otani, and Ronald Acuna Jr. All right. We know the situation with Shohei Otani. He's hurt. He is not pitching anymore. Still hitting, but his value has really dropped since he got hurt. And I hate to see that in his free agency, but maybe he his his value may have actually come back down to earth a little bit. But the other one is Ronald Acuna Jr. And last night in the game against the Rockies, Ronald is in right field like he always is. And all of a sudden, and somebody got it on video, multiple people did, all of a sudden, there is a guy, a fan, that jumps into the field of play and runs up to Ronald Acuna Jr. and wraps both arms around his waist in a bear hug, just a vice grip around Ronald Acuna Jr. and does not let go. And he is there multiple seconds before the security gets there. And there's three or four security guards that come up And they can barely get the guy off of him. And as soon as they do, what happens? Oh, here comes another one. And this guy takes Acuna to the ground. Now, it wasn't a hard tackle. It wasn't anything super, super violent. Thank God. Right? Thank the Lord. But he does take Ronald Acuna to the ground. Acuna falls, has to roll away, get up. And then security can pull these two guys away. And according to the Braves broadcast, there was a third guy that jumped on the field but never actually made it over to that section because security finally realized, oh, crap, we have guys rushing after one of the biggest name players in all of Major League Baseball. 
this cannot happen. Okay, this cannot happen. Not just because of who the player was, not just because it's the Braves, not just because of being on the road, whatever. This cannot happen. Ronald seemed to be okay. He got up, and the Braves, the whole team came out in his defense. They all came out to protect him, of course. He seemed to be all right, got up, stayed in the game, finished it out. He also had a legendary night, by the way. But this type of, uh, of behavior at sporting events cannot happen. What happens if when that second guy came in, or the first guy, or the third guy, what happens if they come in and they do get Ronald to the ground, they tackle him, and he tears his ACL? What happens if he breaks his arm? I mean, that would be disastrous for the Braves, for whatever team's venue you're at, for Major League Baseball, for the future of that particular player. I mean, that you're asking for it at that point. And so who does this come down to? Well, A, it comes down to the fans. If you go to a sporting event, don't be an idiot. Don't be dumb. That's all it comes down to. On the fan side of things, don't be dumb. You are there as a spectator. You know what a spectator does? They watch. They watch the game. They take it in with their eyes. You don't have the right just because you buy a ticket for a seat in the stands. You don't have the right to go on the field and try to get a picture with an athlete or high-five an athlete or just say hello. You don't have that right. And we see this all the time in baseball. We see it all the time in basketball, right? A couple of years ago, Russell Westbrook in the NBA, and rightfully so, he's always at the center of controversy with this topic, with fans chirping and fans throwing things and fans coming on the court or interacting with them sitting courtside, right? We hear about that in basketball all the time. You see this in soccer a lot too. You see this a lot in professional soccer streakers right guys coming on the field to to get a picture with their favorite soccer star this can't happen so that's on the fans first of all because the protection of the players has to be a priority yes they're worth a lot of money and yes there's a lot of money on the line per player per event per team per season But just as a human being, you should have the protection to do your job, right? Do you go to work and worry about being attacked by a a civilian, a pedestrian? I don't. Do you go to work every day and have to look over your shoulder to make sure somebody's not going to jump up from behind you? You shouldn't have to worry about that. And especially as an athlete, a professional athlete, because yeah, They should have an extra level of protection because of their fame, because of their worth, because of their value. And the fact that one of, if not the biggest name in baseball, got attacked by two fans last night. And we don't know if they were fans of Ronald. We don't know if all they wanted was was to say, hey, we don't know if they had malicious intent. We don't know. We have no idea. 
And it's not like you can stop them in the middle of the act and say, hey, why are you here? Oh, you're a fan. Okay, go ahead. Like, no. So it's on the fans, but it's also on the security at whatever venue you're at, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, hockey, soccer, I don't care. There are so many security guards on the field for that reason. And you've seen this a lot in baseball in between innings, right? I saw it a few weeks ago, about a month ago, when I went to uh, the Atlanta Braves game. In between innings, the security comes out and they line the field, right? They stand on the field. You've got some in the outfield, some along the baselines, and some by home plate. Like they, The security comes out to avoid situations like this. But folks, this was in the middle of the game. This was in the middle of an at-bat. And I know it's tough if some idiot jumps out of the stands and starts charging a player. Yeah, security, you got to react. But you got to have some form of protection here, man. And the fact that Ronald didn't get hurt is a miracle in itself. And again, you can go watch the videos. It doesn't look that bad, right? It doesn't look all that bad, but it could have been. And again, what if he did get hurt? Then you're looking at charges that are going to have to be pressed. You're looking at a team in the Atlanta Braves that loses their best player, their star player. And you're looking at other athletes being afraid for their safety while they're trying to do their job, while they're trying to perform at the highest level. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And so for those fans, and for any other fans that try this, enjoy jail. Enjoy your charges, because you deserve it. And that's the biggest thing. When you buy a ticket to a sporting event, you are a spectator. I don't care. You don't have the right to approach them. You don't have the right to be on the field. Same way in basketball. Just because you're sitting courtside doesn't mean you can stick your foot out and try to trip the guy. That's not what it's about. You are there to watch and to take it in and to be a fan. It just it bothers me so much when stuff like this happens because and some people... Right, and I know we got to get to a break, but some people want to say, well, athletes are, they're entitled, right? They're spoiled, like they're making this a, a much bigger deal than it is. No, because last night wasn't a bad situation, but look across the country right now, man. And this is not the political at all, but look across the country. Bad things happen every day. What if that next person does have malicious intent? Right? I mean, there's so many bad situations that could stem from this. We've got to find a way to protect coaches, athletes, officials. Officials are a huge one as well that people forget about because most people don't like them because they don't always agree with them. But you've got to protect the people that are involved here. And it was a scary scene last night at Coors Field when fans approached Ronald Acuna Jr. Three of them. Two of them got to him. And the other one didn't make it, thankfully. 334-321-1390. Want to talk a few other big headlines around the country today. Plus, if we have some time, we'll do question of the day. And Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network will join us coming up at 2.30. But give me a call. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. You are on the line. 
on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. All right, let's get to the phone lines once again. 334-321-1390. And Terry, you're on the line, man. Happy Tuesday. What's up? Hey, good afternoon, Jacob. How are you? Doing fantastic, um, Terry. We're approaching another anniversary, unfortunately, of 9-11. And after 9-11 happened, the, the airlines were forced to put undercover air marshals on flights in plain clothes and kind of, kind of hide them. I think that's what sporting events are fixing to head toward. They're going to put plain clothes security guys in the stands yeah. to keep this kind of stuff from happening. That's exactly what's going to happen. That's, you know, that's not, a, that's not a terrible idea. And you know what, Terry? They may already do that. I have no idea. Um, they, they may already do that, but there, you can never have too much security, I think. I mean, especially, yeah, like I mentioned, with everything going on, with just the world that we live in nowadays, as sad as it is, um, you, you can never have too much protection. And let's be honest, there is as crappy as this may be the reasoning there's too much money involved in this for something to go wrong and then at the basis of this people's lives are and their safety is at risk at times and so with a situation that happened last night again Ronald Acuna seems to be okay but what if it had escalated into something more right what if the guy didn't let go when they ripped him away because if you see the video and if anybody that hasn't seen it go watch it you can find it on twitter when they were taking this guy away he was kicking and screaming and hollering like he he was going ballistic last night it was kind of crazy scene terry yeah what does mlb come down on, on the colorado rockies do you think it's a good question. I, I don't know. I mean, you, you, there has to be something. I don't think you can just punish the Rockies, but there has to be some, some conference or some meeting. It's like, look, guys, like, and that's what I was saying too. Was you know, it, it's hard to just fully prevent that, but you have to be ready for something like that, especially now that it happens more than it did twenty years ago. So um, I don't know if the MLB would would step in and, and say look we got to make sure we're ready for this and maybe not that the MLB would do this because it's Rob Manfred and the MLB but maybe they step in and provide extra security from Major League Baseball standpoint and that was my next point you're going to force uh you know the owners of the Major League teams to buy, to hire extra security guards which means your price tickets are going to go up yeah the price of your tickets are going to go up yeah. so uh, because of ignorant stupid people mm-hmm. so yep. yeah and he I don't. I don't know security. They may have that, Jacob. But I, I'm, I'm thinking most security people do wear some kind of badge or something, some kind of identification that they let them know. So if you put them in just plain clothes, a person beside them or in front of them or behind them doesn't know. Yeah, their security. Right, which is fair. I think it's more of of placement of security, whether it's baseball right. or basketball, whatever venue you're in. It's about the placement of those security. And yeah, maybe you put some guys along the the outfield wall because that's where a lot of times these guys are getting on the baseball field is jumping over the wall. Sure. Appreciate it, man. Take yeah, care. Appreciate it, Terry. Good to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Isn't it crazy we're having to have these discussions? Isn't it insane that we're having to discuss the safety, the basic safety of an athlete in in, in sports, whether it be professional, college, high school, whatever? I mean, we're having to have a legitimate discussion about somebody, a player in baseball, who got I don't want to use the word attacked because that's not what happened, but he was approached by multiple fans, by multiple random fans during the game. It's just wild to me that that this is where we are in professional sports, and it seems like in every situation in life, 
It's always the very, very small group of people that act with stupidity, that act with ignorance, that don't think before they do, that ruin it for everybody else. So I hope they get this figured out. I hope that whoever has to step in and make a decision here can get this handled. And if it takes more security, it takes more security. Pay for it if you're MLB. Pay for it if you're the NBA. Pay for it if you're the NFL. The safety of athletes and coaches and officials and fans as well. You shouldn't have to worry about the safety when you go to a sporting event if you're any one of those groups. Stay tuned. We'll talk with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network coming up after the break. We'll talk about game week on the Plains and how Jacob Hillman is feeling with Auburn versus UMass on Saturday. Stay tuned. He'll represent the Auburn Sports Network. Jacob Hillman when we come back. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, and he normally joins us on Mondays at 3.30, but got him on the show today after some uh, miscommunication yesterday, unable to get him on, but Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joining us on the phone lines here in hour number one. Hillman, great to talk to you, man. I appreciate you adjusting your schedule and hopping on the show today. Yeah, man, I'll do anything to, to get on the line wow. with you, Jacob, because I want to I, I want to talk some ball, especially week one. That it's game week. We we got to talk, and, and we we have to make this happen. That's right, man. It's finally game week after all the conversations through the summer of of what to look forward to, what practice notes, what players, what positions. Nah, we are ready to go. We've got game week to talk about with Auburn versus UMass coming up on Saturday. And man, look, I know we're busy over here. I know you and everybody at the Auburn Sports Network hustling to make Tiger Talk happen this Thursday and then the first game broadcast on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. It's it's busy as ever, and, and we are really looking forward to kick off on the planes on Saturday. But, yeah, th- th- it's going to be a blast. You know, the first, I, I would say the inaugural kickoff on the planes this Saturday because this is going to be an annual thing. It, it, it is a celebration. It might as well be a national holiday uh, with kickoff on the planes. So uh, we're looking forward to it and can't wait. Well, let's talk about that just a little bit, Hillman, because – uh, you know as well as I do, the excitement around this town and around this fan base right now are through the roof for a game against UMass. And nothing against them. They're 1-0 coming into Jordan-Hare Stadium. But statistically, they're a bottom 10 team in college football. But based off of the conversations with the fans here in Auburn, Opelika, the ones across the state, and any Auburn fan you see online, the excitement for the 2023 season is higher than it's been in a long, long time. What do you think the reason is for that? Well, one, the, the obvious is the, the new blood here. Coach Hugh Freeze, the new coaching staff, tons of transfers that uh, have moved to Auburn and, and are going to play for the Tigers this year. That, that, that's obvious, number one. But 
I, I do think that kind of talking back to the, the kickoff on the plane, you know, it's the inaugural one. It, it, this is going to be a celebration every single year. Uh, that I give credit to that, to, to Rhett Hobart, to Daniel Watkins, to, to Paris Buchanan, those, the, the, the assistant ADs in the external unit that have really pushed that since coming in. And that, that goes back to the alignment and, and with John Cohen and the entire athletic department that we want to push this. It's not just, you know, the first football of the first, first football game of the year with UMass. This, this is a celebration. This is the first time that the Auburn family's back in Jordan Hare Stadium mm-hmm. uh, in 2023. And that's something that you should look forward to every single year. Uh, preview, Brett Hobart will be on Tiger Talk this week talking about some new uh, some new amenities at Jordan-Hare Stadium, kickoff on the planks and everything of that sort. So tune in for that uh, along with Coach Hugh Freeze and maybe a few players. So uh, it, it's, it's exciting. And, and that's what it's all about is really just this big gathering of 88,043. That's a new number that Auburn fans are going to have to learn. And, and, and being back in Jordan-Hare Stadium is always a magical moment. Yeah, what are your what are your thoughts on those new additions and the new um, I guess the reviving of some game day experiences, some upgrades to the stadium itself, but also uh, upgrading the 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 game day in stadium experiences and atmosphere for Auburn fans coming up in twenty twenty three. Those include uh, a DJ booth inside the middle of the student section. Uh, Auburn said that they have upgraded their Wi Fi and their and their cell phone service in the stadium. New lights, a new touch touchdown celebration so all of that what are your thoughts on everything they've done uh coming into this year yeah obviously we haven't been able to see it yet in action so it, it's a very exciting thing to uh to wait for and 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 expect because I, I think a lot of this is about efficiency you know the new concessions and and grab and go concessions we saw that at baseball and, and it was more efficient than than the old system yeah so, that, that one's huge no doubt yeah so things like that are going to help make things better where you're, where you're in and out of the bathroom quicker and, and, and you're through the concessions quicker and, and, and things of that nature to make it where you're not missing uh, as much of the action as you would if you uh, have the old system. And, and obviously the new Wi-Fi, the, the new mobile app, that's going to be nice for fans. They can check that to check other scores around the league and, and check your roster and, and, and whatnot. You see a guy on the field that you're not familiar with, you can see that. It, it, it goes all across the stadium and, and whatnot. Like you said, the, 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 the atmosphere is going to get even better. It's already the best in college football, but somehow they continue to find ways to improve it, and I, I can't wait to see it. Man, I can't wait for that first night game uh, that, w- that we'll have at Jordan-Hare Stadium because that is going to be a special, special night uh, at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Yeah, first night game uh, against Sanford, right? Week three, I believe, a 6.30 kick. Is that, yeah. is that right in week three? Well, it's it's a six o'clock kick, so it because it's in September, they're still gonna be it's mm-hmm. still, the sun's gonna be out. So more so, maybe we get a night kind of like the Texas A and M game last year. That that's the kind of atmosphere I'm waiting for. Maybe even the Ole Miss game in 2021, where you're kicking off under the lights. That's what I'm waiting for. That's when you'll really see uh, some of these additions for sure. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joining us on the phone lines, our usual Monday guest here with us in hour number one on Tuesday. Uh, Hillman, let's talk a little football before we get to Auburn UMass. We had some games going on over the weekend uh, in week zero, and I talked yesterday are we going to overreact to what we saw in Week Zero with Vanderbilt playing Hawaii within a touchdown, or even the UMass Minutemen as seven-point underdogs winning outright by double digits, or USC landing San Jose State hang around in the third quarter? Are we overreacting to what happened in college football in Week Zero? I mean, 
I don't know if that's necessarily the the way that they, you know, I, I think Notre Dame looked impressive, even though it was against the Navy team with the new coach and, and, and things of that nature. I think USC's defense, you know, it, it looked suspect. And, and obviously Vanderbilt, you didn't expect to only, to only win by a touchdown. So, yeah, there's certainly some aspects to that, but I don't think we're necessarily overreacting. I thought UMass actually did look improved. I thought it looked like a, a solid team that went on the road and in a tough environment and won. So things like that, I don't think you're necessarily overreacting to. Now, maybe saying Sam Hartman's going to win the Heisman, maybe that's an <laughs> overreaction. Yes. So I, I think that I think there's a fine line. I think there are plenty of takeaways from Week Zero, but I, I don't think you want to take it too far. So yeah, I, I think that I think that Vanderbilt that certainly that getting that win was a big deal for them. I, I, I don't think it's the end of the world that you only win by a touchdown over a Hawaii team that, that's been struggling and also has a new coach. I think that that's it's just a stepping stone, and that that Commodore's program is going to have to really hit a lot of those stepping stones. So um, I, I don't think there's much there's too much to take away from that, but uh, they can move on from that. And then looking ahead to week one, you can't even say the weekend because college football has done an incredible job at extending the entire weekend from Thursday through Monday. I mean, it's just games for like five or six days across the board. But looking at some of the biggest matchups in the SEC, Florida on the road at number 14, Utah, uh, you have Tennessee and Virginia in a neutral site game, which is kind of weird. Uh, But one, the two that really stick out to me before we get to Auburn UMass, South Carolina, North Carolina, and LSU, Florida State. Just your thoughts on the games across the across the SEC coming up for opening weekend. Yeah, I, I think starting off with Florida, Utah, that, that's an interesting one as well because uh, you, you've got Billy Napier going to uh, Pac-12 or Pac-4 country, whatever you want to call it now, and, and playing Utah, who has been one of the top teams in that conference for the last several years. And, and it, it, that's going to be a major challenge for the Gators, and I think that that's got, it's got to be a game where I, I don't know if Florida wins that game, but when you go there, you can't get blown out. You, you've got to make sure that you, you, you show your fans some kind of life, and I think that's the most important thing for Florida. But as far as those two games that you mentioned specifically, North Carolina, South Carolina, I think is also a very interesting game because of the whole question mark around South Carolina. I don't know if it's necessarily a question mark as much of some optimism around that program and is that come to fruition this year and if it does then 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 Shane Beamer is certainly a force to be reckoned with so I think that's going to be in prime time that that's exactly what you're looking for from that program and then obviously LSU and Florida State two top 10 pro or two top 10 teams coming into the season that could be a national championship playoff uh preview and that game could decide whether one of those teams makes the playoff or not so that's what you want from week one, especially on Sunday night when there's no NFL. So college football is able to do what they want. And uh, I, I can't wait for all these games this weekend. Jacob Hillman, who represents the Auburn Sports Network with us on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Let's talk Auburn UMass a little bit. Auburn heavy favorites this weekend, anywhere from 35 to 40 point favorites. Um, before before that, does does UMass's performance in Week Zero, does their 1-0 record, does that worry you at all about this game on Saturday? Look, I don't think anybody has Auburn losing this game, but that's got to give UMass some sort of advantage a little bit more than they had if they didn't have a 1-0 record by their name, right? Well, I think it goes both ways because obviously UMass has now gotten the groove. They, they know what to expect from 
uh, their roster from their game plan and, and what they're going to get out of each player. Um, whereas Auburn, on the other hand, the advantage they gain is they have films to base off of, whereas right. UMass obviously has no film for Auburn. And I think that, I think that matters. And I think that uh, UMass does have the advantage, like I said, of, you know, they're in a rhythm. They, they know what to expect from these, uh, from their roster and everything that goes with that. But I, I do think UMass looked pretty solid. I, and Coach Freeze is familiar with this program. He, he mentioned in his weekly presser that he's faced them in the last several years and that they've improved under uh, their head coach, Brown. And I think that that, that program, it, it's, in, it's in such a spot where they're looking for any kind of positivity that starting 1-0 and was a big deal. They matched their win total from last year. That is a huge deal for the Minutemen. And I think that, uh, coming to Jordan Hare Stadium, it, it, it it's all about them trying to just make some kind of noise and and obviously, as you said, that there's I don't think any Auburn fan is really worried, but you do want to impress in that first game, especially uh, in Coach Freeze's debut. So, if you're not worried about Auburn losing the game against UMass, what are some of those things that you're going to be going to be looking for for Auburn on Saturday with the 2:30 kickoff against UMass? What what positions are you looking at? Are you looking at certain players, certain schemes? What's going to be on the mind of Jacob Hillman come Saturday afternoon? Yeah, I think first of all is the trenches on both sides of the ball. I think the offensive line is, is obviously uh, one of those groups that uh, is having some high expectations with with a whole almost a brand new. Uh, completely new line and then the defensive line obviously coach freeze has talked about uh at times you know that they're getting gashed a little bit in the running game and scrimmages so is that because the offensive line is that much improved and obviously you have a star-studded backfield with jark west hunter damari austin brian batty and and maybe even jeremiah cobb or is, is there work to do on the defensive line so i i'm looking at those two groups specifically against umass and i kind i want to see them dominate because obviously umass is is a lesser opponent that that, that is a fact. It's, those are not Power 5 players. They do have some Power 5 transfers that Coach Brees mentioned, but it's still uh, a program that you should be able to uh, uh, have your way with, especially in those areas. And obviously the wide receivers that I ever saw. That is the spot. on. If you look at the depth chart, you see a bunch of oars, and they're all wide receivers and tight ends. So I think that that's kind of an interesting area to look at. I think there's going to be a lot of rotation uh, out wide. Uh, especially this week, and then I think once you get into SEC play, you might start to see uh, the same guys more and more. So these first few weeks, I think you're going to see a lot of guys uh, getting targets. He joins us on Monday afternoons, but here with us on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. Tiger Talk coming up on Thursday and then the game on Saturday. Tell everybody what they can expect from Tiger Talk on Thursday night, the first one of the year from Baumhauer's, correct? Yes. Yes, so you can join us in person at Baumhauer's Victory Grill on Bent Creek Road and ask questions with uh, Coach Freeze or uh, Deputy AD Rhett Hobart talking about those stadium improvements, atmosphere improvements, whatnot. Uh, so it, it's going to be really exciting with Coach Freeze and Rhett and, and, and maybe a couple players. So we'll, we'll see when we get there on Thursday. It, it's going to be a blast. Uh, it, 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 you were there uh, uh, for last Tiger Talk. Yeah. And it, it was a frenzy. It's going to be just like that at Baumhauer's this week. Yeah, last week was was a fantastic event put on uh, by Auburn and by you guys at the Sports Network and the university. Everybody that was involved did a fantastic job. And so uh, I know it's so special for you guys to be able to go to Baumhauer's every single week and have the fans come out, eat some meals, and and uh, interact with head coach Hugh Freeze and you guys with the Auburn Sports Network. You guys go live at 6.30. It's an hour-long show, right? Six Or is it 6 to 7, right? 
6 to 7 That's right. uh, on the Auburn Sports Network. You can listen to it on Wings 94.3 in the Auburn area and obviously the Auburn Tigers app outside of that. So uh, follow at AU Sports Network. Follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU, and we'll have all the details out there. Yep, Tiger Talk on Thursday, 6-7, to seven, and then the Auburn football game over on Wings 94-3, Auburn versus UMass. Hillman, have a great week, man. Have a great broadcast. You guys are going to do a fantastic job, and we'll talk to you next Monday at 3.30. Thanks as always, Jacob. War Eagle. That's Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network again. Joins us on Mondays at 3.30. Um, again, we had a little issue yesterday getting him on the phones, but we had him on today. Always a blast talking to uh, a great friend in Jacob Hillman. And reminder, Tiger Talk every single Thursday from 6 to 7 with the Coaches Show, Andy Burcham, Brad Law, Head Coach Hugh Free, special guest every single week. Hillman is there uh, helping with production and assisting in so many of the operations as well. 6 to 7 every Thursday night over on our sister station wings 94.3 and then this coming saturday there's a full day of coverage every single saturday over on wings 94.3 it all gets kicked off with game day on wings 94.3 our new pregame show which is replacing uh the football after the game show that used to be here on ESPN 106.7 so that is now becoming a pregame show it's called game day on wings 94.3 this Saturday it will begin at 10 30 a.m with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett and Jack Hutton they will host that for an hour leads right into the Tiger uh, tailgate show with Andy Burcham Brad Law everybody a part of that crew feeds right into that and then of course kickoff of Auburn football versus UMass at 2 30 on Saturday over on wings 94.3 big thanks to Jacob as always we will talk to him on Monday next week and we'll get to our final break here as we wrap up hour number one give me a call let's talk 334-321-1390 you are on the line on ESPN 1067 Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. I got a few more minutes here in hour number one on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. My days are thrown off after talking with Jacob Hillman uh, from the Albert Sports Network. He is our Monday 3.30 guest, but again, joined us on the show today. We'll pick back up with him on Mondays, recapping the Albert football game every single week and uh, breaking down some of the games from over the weekend and getting you uh, kick-started into the week for the week ahead. So Jacob Hillman, again, uh, appreciate him and his time. Appreciate his friendship as well. We've been great friends uh, since our time at Weagle in college at the student radio station. So appreciate him as always. Got a few more minutes here before we get into hour number two. And here's what's coming up in the second hour, just so you uh, kind of know what's going on. Um, we're going to talk some of the opening games around the SEC. Sort of what I was just talking with Hillman about. Looking at some of these games and what's on the line, right? What's at stake for some of these teams and some of these programs in week one of college football as we get closer and closer to the start of it. Because guys, SEC play starts on Thursday. There's two SEC games on Thursday. So we got to talk about that. Got to get it in. So we'll talk about that coming up in hour number two. Plus question of the day. It revolves around college football, but has nothing to do with the actual game. So we'll talk about that coming up in the second hour as well. Plus double D, Daryl Dapperich will join us on the phone lines as well. That'll be at 3.30. All that coming up in hour number two. But a few more minutes here. I've talked a lot about the the Ronald Acuna Atlanta Braves situation uh, that happened last Last night in in Colorado but I want to look at baseball as a whole right now because 
I just want to kind of give you an update on the standings because we're going to get lost. Baseball will will fall to the wayside as it does in this town and in this state a lot of times when college football kicks off. So here's what we're looking at as college football approaches. All right, the Atlanta Braves still doing their thing. They're 85 and 45. All right, they're 40 games above 500. Unbelievable uh, for for what they've done. 12 and a half game lead over the Philadelphia Phillies. 19 and a half game lead over the Miami Marlins. And how about this? At the bottom of the National League East, the New York Mets, 60 wins, 72 losses. They are 26 games back from the Atlanta Braves. It's unbelievable what the Braves are doing and what the Mets are not doing. Um, you look around some of the other divisions in baseball, staying in the National League for just a second. Milwaukee at the top of the Central by five games over the Chicago Cubs. The L.A. Dodgers, uh, they're rolling as well. They're 13 games above the Diamondbacks. Uh, that, that division has just crumbled under the Dodgers as it usually does. Moving to uh, the American League really quickly, Seattle and Texas and Houston. The Mariners, the Rangers, and the Astros all within a game of each other in the American League East. So that one's going to come down to the wire. The Minnesota Twins, seven-game league in the American League Central over the Cleveland Guardians. And then the Baltimore Orioles. They're still rolling, but Tampa Bay's kind of picked it up a little bit. Baltimore at the top. My Boston Red Sox still 13 and a half games back, but trying to squeak in for a wild card spot, I don't know if it's going to happen. So even though college football is starting, keep your eye on Major League Baseball because October is right around the corner and we love postseason baseball here on ESPN 106.7. Coming up in hour number two, as I mentioned, we'll take a look at the SEC slate in college football for week one, plus Daryl Daprich of Locked On Auburn. How about just Auburn radio legend at this point? He'll join us at 3.30 on the phone lines, getting you prepared for Auburn versus UMass. That's what's coming up here at hour number two on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in the second hour of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. My name is Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, 2 to 4 every single day here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. If you missed any of the first hour of my show, be sure uh, afterwards to go and catch up with the podcast. You can find it one of two ways, ESPNAU.com, or just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast. I upload it commercial free right after the show every single day so if you missed anything uh, be sure you go back and catch up with it tonight tomorrow whenever you have a chance um, we talked with Jacob Hillman 
of the Auburn Sports Network. Didn't get a chance to talk to him yesterday, so he joined us on the show today. We talked about some of the some of the upgrades at Jordan-Hare Stadium, some of the game day enhancements uh, that Auburn and the athletics department have made for you, the fan, at Jordan-Hare Stadium and how that's going to really boost the the excitement and boost the experience for, for Auburn fans at Jordan-Hare Stadium. So we talked a lot about that uh, with Jacob Hillman, also got his thoughts on uh, some SEC teams and games going on from week zero and coming up in week one, and of course got his thoughts on what he will be looking for against Auburn and UMass. We also talked, uh, the really the biggest headline right now going on in, in sports is the Ronald Acuna Jr. situation. That happened to him last night at Coors Field in Colorado with the Braves and the Rockies, where a fan, multiple fans, jumped on the field and engaged with him uh, from from multiple sides, multiple angles. Crazy story going on right now. So I gave my thoughts on that. A, a very real conversation, I think, is a good way to put that. A very real conversation, a serious conversation. Um, and look, my show motto is I tell you like it is and hold nothing back. And I, I told you what I thought about it. So if you missed that, go check it out in the podcast later on today, ESPNAU.com. Here's what's coming up in the second hour, though. We're going to talk the opening week games for SEC teams. There's some really good ones. There's not a ton because it's week one. But there's a lot of good ones, and there's a lot of impact games as well for some of these SEC teams. So I want to take a look at those, uh, tell you uh, what's on the line for some of these games right coming up for SEC teams in Week 1. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, 334-321-1390. Also have question of the day. Then Daryl Dapridge, Double D, will join us at 3.30 on the phone lines to talk Auburn versus UMass. But until he joins us, again, phone lines are open. I want to hear from you, 334-321-1390, anything on your mind in the sports world, whatever conversation that I'm having you want to jump in on, I would love to hear from you on the phone lines. Well, let's look at the week one slate of college football for SEC teams. And like I said, it's week one. Is this the most exciting week one in college football history? No, not by any means, right? But when you look across the slate, SEC teams have their hand in quite a few of the biggest games. I mean, you look at, you you had week zero, right? The SEC was represented there with Vanderbilt and Hawaii ended up being a pretty good game. Vanderbilt winning 35 to 28. Um, you look at just starting from Thursday all the way through Sunday, the SEC kicks off in the biggest game on Thursday night when Florida takes a trip to Utah. The number 14 ranked team is Utah, by the way. Utah favored by six and a half points. Uh, we know the the biggest storyline going into this game is what's the status of Cam Rising, right? It, does he play? How much does he play? What's his impact in this game? Um, I've seen tons of people picking this game based off of that player alone. And most of the time, yeah, that's the right move. That's the right call is to predict the game based off of that. But I have a feeling it may not matter. I have a feeling it may not even matter, folks. I love this Utah team. I do. I love this Utah team. But here's the problem. I love Billy Napier, too. I think Billy Napier's a really, really good coach. You've heard me talk about it on this show multiple times. Other shows, other programs, I've talked about this. 
Billy Napier is a fantastic coach. But he walked into a horrible situation. I mean a nasty situation in Gainesville, Florida. I don't think he was ready. I don't think it was on him. I just think he inherited a program that there's about two coaches in the world that could have actually turned this thing around. And he's just not one of them right now. So you look at that, Florida versus Utah on Thursday night, primetime, 7 o'clock ESPN. So there's one game that the SEC has their hand in over the weekend. That's one of the biggest in college football. How about Virginia, Tennessee? Is this the most exciting matchup? Maybe not. But it's still a fun game to get the year started. 11 a.m., Virginia, number 12, Tennessee. They're playing at Nissan Stadium, the Titans Stadium there in Nashville. So technically neutral site, but I expect it to be pretty heavy uh, Tennessee orange and white. Um, But by the way, that Tennessee-Virginia game, you can actually listen to that right here on ESPN 106.7 on Saturday. Coverage starts at 10.30 a.m. here on ESPN. So be sure that you're tuning in for that if you're out driving around or sitting at home and have one game on the TV. Turn on Virginia-Tennessee here on the radio. Should be a fantastic time. Tennessee um, should should take control and not have any worries and problems with this game they are 28 point favorites but I talked about this earlier once you start getting above 25 30 point favorites in week one you're just shooting in the dark because you just don't know it's week one anything can happen you have no idea what Tennessee is truly going to look like you don't know what Virginia is going to look like should Tennessee win this game yeah they should win it by a lot but there's another big headline game that the SEC is involved in you keep looking down the schedule for the SEC and the games that they are represented in, right? We know the ones that are coming up on Saturday night and Sunday night. You have South Carolina and North Carolina. That is a huge game. That's a massive game for a couple of reasons. North Carolina is ranked. They're number 21, according to ESPN. They're ranked number 21 in the country. South Carolina not yet ranked. I think they will be ranked at some point this season. And we know that both of these programs, North Carolina and South Carolina, they have Heisman contending quarterbacks. They do. They have Heisman contending quarterbacks. Think about that. South Carolina has Spencer Rattler. We know how he ended the season last year. We know how exciting and how much momentum South Carolina built with wins over Tennessee and Clemson. And then look at North Carolina with Drake May, one of the most exciting electric quarterbacks in college football. And both of them are going to be going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth on Saturday night, prime time. It's going to be a lot of fun. 6.30 on ABC on television. The over-under for this game, I just had it and I lost it. I'm about to pull it back up. It's got to be, I think it's in the 60s, I think. For this game, they're expecting both teams to score in the 30s. And if the defenses of these teams are represented this year from what they were last year, yeah, you better believe that 64.5 over-under for North Carolina, South Carolina is going to hit. These teams could put up 50 points if they wanted to because the offenses are that good and the defenses are that bad. So there's another game that the SEC is involved with. That's one of the biggest games of opening weekend. Then there is the biggest game of opening weekend. It's the, it's the game. It's the one. 
number five LSU, and number eight Florida State. It is the biggest game on the schedule by far. It's a Sunday night game. Like Jacob Hillman mentioned, the NFL hasn't started yet. They begin next week. So this will be the only game on television. The only game on the radio. And just like you can with Tennessee and Virginia, you can listen to LSU Florida State right here on ESPN 106.7. That's right. You can listen to it Sunday night if you're looking for something. We normally carry uh, Sunday night baseball, but we're going to carry LSU and Florida State. It's football season, folks. We're carrying football all season long on this radio station. So you can tune in. 6 o'clock is when coverage starts for LSU Florida State on Sunday night. But man, what an exciting game this is going to be. LSU favored by two and a half. Neutral site. It's in Orlando. LSU favored by two and a half. Total is 56. Coming up on Friday, Uncle T-Bone and I will make our game picks for the week. So be sure you're tuning in for that. But the reason I'm bringing all this up is because while this may not be the most exciting week one of college football ever, there are really some exciting games that SEC teams are involved in. And you look at this one right here, LSU Florida State. Jacob Hillman said it. You're looking at two teams that will be making a push for the college football playoff. This is a game where if you lose it, your season's not over by any means. But if you win it, your season is just propelled that much farther already. You're getting that big of a jump out of the gate if you win this game. This is a game where when the college football playoff committee meets in December... And they're trying to figure out who's going to play, who the four teams are. If you're LSU or Florida State and you have that one loss against whoever it is in your conference, but you have a win over the other team who may be in the same situation or have that loss to you, if you have that win on your resume, that is a playoff building win. That is a playoff resume win. So no, if you lose this game, if you're LSU or Florida State, you don't write off the season. The whole 2023 campaign is not in this one game. But man, the positives outweigh the negatives so much here. And so a fantastic opportunity for these two teams to get off on the right foot. Because there's high expectations for both of these teams. It's a top 10 matchup. This is a top 10 matchup to start the 2023 season. Florida State being picked by a lot to win the ACC outright, to beat Clemson, to beat North Carolina, and be the best team in the ACC. LSU, on the other hand, a team that people like, people respect, people have high expectations, but maybe not quite beating out Alabama or Georgia just yet. I think they can. I absolutely think they can. Because I've told you Alabama's beatable. Alabama is gettable. And in the SEC West, I don't believe in Texas A&M. I don't believe in Arkansas. I don't believe in Ole Miss. And Mississippi State's just not there. And Auburn's not going to be at the top. They're going to be competitive, but Auburn's not going to be at the top. I think the SEC West is up for grabs. And LSU absolutely could be that team. And imagine if they start with a week one win over Florida State. Flipping back to that South Carolina-North Carolina game for a second, think about what's on the line for those two squads. Because I think North Carolina is going to be a really good football team. I think at the end of the year, 
whoever wins this game, you're going to have a win over a top 25 team. I know that South Carolina is not technically a top 25 team right now, but I think they will be. And either one of these teams, not that they're going to be making, making their pitch for the college football playoff by any means, but what a huge win. And what an exciting game for you, the fan, for college football in a year that I've told you, enjoy this. Enjoy college football in 2023. Look at South Carolina's schedule really quick. You start with North Carolina. It's a tough schedule now. It is a very tough schedule. The front end of this thing is brutal. You start with North Carolina neutral site in Charlotte. Your third game of the year You're on the road at Georgia. Then you come home for Mississippi State, who's a good team. I told you that. After that, don't worry. All you got to do is make a little trip to Knoxville, Tennessee. Then you come home for Florida. You're at Missouri. Your SEC West crossover at Texas A&M. And then the back half of the schedule, you have four straight home games against Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Clemson. It's a tough schedule. But I think Shane Beamer is a really good coach. And I think he's building a wonderful atmosphere and environment and brotherhood at South Carolina. Just listen to the players talk. Listen to the people inside that program. So what a huge opportunity for Shane Beamer in South Carolina to get a quality win out of the gate. Because they may be hard to come by in SEC play. 334-321-1390. We'll talk question of the day. And then Daryl Dapperich coming up at 3.30 to talk Auburn football, previewing the game versus UMass. Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. We'll have question of the day when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Well, I told you to give me a call, and this guy sure did. Our good buddy Jack Cutting on the phone lines. Jack, you're on the line, brother. How are you? What's happening, brother? How are you doing? Doing fantastic, man. We are uh, just overly excited for college football and Auburn game week, and I know you are as well, man. What's on your mind? Man, I was just thinking about listening to you talk a little bit about the SEC ball. And um, I'll tell you what, I think that you're talking about that South Carolina-North Carolina game coming yeah. up this weekend. Man, I think that there's a lot of I think there's a lot of interesting storylines behind that. You're mentioning, I think uh, Drake May and Spencer Rattler, the the quarterback battle that's going to mm-hmm. happen that weekend. I think that could be one of the premier ones uh, that we see not just this weekend but all season long. Um, and the reason why I think is because I think Drake May is going to be at one of the top NFL quarterback picks this um, in in the draft. But then I also think, and and I don't know how much of a hot take this is, but I definitely think Spencer Rattler's a dark horse uh, for the for the Heisman this year. Um, you know, much like the Bo Nix meme a couple of years ago, he's focused on having fun this year. Um, right. But I think, but I've got Spencer Rattler actually as uh, one of my top three candidates to win the Heisman Trophy this year. Wow, top three candidate to win the Heisman Trophy. Top three. I I think you've got Caleb Williams. Um, I think Travis Travis Hunter is going to get some play. And then I think Spencer Rattler has a put-it-all-together year. Um, I think South Carolina has a, a pretty special season, maybe a 9 or 10 win. Um, and, I, and I think Spencer Rattler just it starts to show just how talented he is because I think he's 
when he's on, he's one of the most talented quarterbacks that I've seen come through college ball, but he's got to be on to do it. Right, and that's been one of the biggest problems, right, Jack, is his consistency errors. When he's on, you saw what they did last year. They beat Tennessee and they beat Clemson, but when he's off, I mean, they, they let somebody like Vanderbilt come in and beat him. So um, it's just so it's so weird for South Carolina, but man, the only thing that worries me about your, your pick for him uh, being in New York for a Heisman ceremony and them having just an unbelievable season is what I talked about right at the end of that segment. Man, their schedule is horrible, man. It is brutal brutal you start out with North Carolina week three you're on the road at Georgia back home for Mississippi State who I think is going to be a darn good football team on the road at Tennessee home for Florida then you have at Missouri at Texas A&M that doesn't include home games against Vanderbilt Kentucky and Clemson to end the season man that's a brutal schedule for the Gamecocks well and I think what it does I mean if we, if we think back to what is the Heisman Trophy become it has become an award about not necessarily who the best player on the best team is, because you've had Caleb Williams win it um, last year. USC was not going to be a, a college football playoff, you know, powerhouse or anything like that. Um, you know, you've had some Alabama quarterbacks win in the past, and of course they've been um, pretty high up there. But we've seen some of these guys come in and, and win that have not been necessarily college football playoff. You know, the best players on those best teams. Um, I think that there's. I think that there's a, a pathway for South Carolina this year to be in the national spotlight a lot, you know, to kind of mm-hmm. garner up the social media um, presence for Spencer Rattler. And I think that that happens enough this year to where they're playing big games on, you know, national television, CBS, ESPN, maybe even ABC, these audiences where the entire country's watching them. And I think if you see enough of this dazzling kind of, um, speed and big arm from Spencer Rattler that he has, I think that puts together a Heisman campaign that uh, social media kind of drums up. Okay, well, hey, I've got it written down, man. I will. Uh, we'll, we'll be circling back to this in in December and January at the Heisman ceremony if Spencer Rattler's there. I I don't hate the pick. I really don't. I just I worry if some of those teams beat up on them. But you're absolutely right. When he's on, he's on, and he is one of the most exciting players in all of college football. Jack, I know you have some some thoughts on Auburn this weekend versus UMass. You want to get your uh, your official game pick in for the week and uh, also plug that game day on Wings 94.3 show that'll be happening this Saturday morning. Oh, man. Hey, we're excited. And, you know, I, I say I say goodbye to my loyal compatriot. Uh, Carter Bird and I had a fantastic year last year doing that, but Man, I bring in um, a guy that's going to bring the energy. Uncle T-Bone and I are going to be doing game day on wing. Same format as after the game, just going to be um, taking your call, taking your picks on the day, um, and just kind of talking about what Auburn has in front of it that day. Um, so there won't be a, a, a post-game sounding board that I'm sure everybody's going to want, but, but there will definitely be a platform where everybody can get their thoughts in. Um, it'll be game day on wings at 94-3 starting this weekend. Uh, we're going to be starting at about 10.30 a.m., so it'll be about four hours before kickoff every week. Um, so just be on the lookout for that. We're excited to get going. Um, you know, transitioning to the game this week, mm-hmm. obviously obviously Auburn the favorite in this one. So, you know, the, the biggest picks are going to come with what are the stat lines, what's the, what's the spread, you know, does Auburn cover the spread and everything like that. I do think the spread um, is, is relatively high for Auburn. I think it's Last time I looked, it was like 31 and a half or something like that. I don't See, know I've, I've got 35 got according to ESPN. 
Is it 35? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I mean, you know, you're, you're thinking about that. And if you're putting in score predictions, I mean, 42 to seven is, is going to still be a UMass win according to the spread, I believe. And so, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're going with that, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think that, that Auburn covers the spread. I think that UMass um, is able to, is able to keep them out of that now. Is it going to be a close game? I don't think so. I mean, I think I'd pick something like a forty-one to ten Auburn. Um, but you know, you, you you saw what UMass did last week with the quarterback that I don't think any of us can pronounce his name quite right. Um, he was able to go down there and UMass beats a New Mexico State team that is not going to be a, a head turner, is not going to be a great team. Uh, but they go on the road and they get it done against a team that you know is probably pretty tim- similar to them in talent level. Uh, so I think this UMass team is, is going to come in and, and at least kind of give Auburn, you know, a, a little bit of a game for the first few minutes, maybe um, kind of hang with them through the first quarter or so. But now I think this, this Auburn offense is, is going to jump off. Um, interestingly enough, Jacob, I saw, a, I saw a pick earlier today, or maybe it was like an FPI or something like that, but it had Auburn at a, at a 73% chance to win the game, hmm. which I thought was – very low. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I would I would say that's extremely low, Jack. Yeah, I mean they were giving UMass a twenty seven percent chance to win this game, and you know going back to the last few years, Auburn visits Tuscaloosa, Auburn visits Georgia, and more often than not, they're they're five percent, if not less, um, underdogs in that game. And so you know I don't, I didn't really get that one. I don't know what exactly the ESPN FBI is on it, but I think this is a game where I see UMass. Um, able to to keep Auburn from covering the spread, uh, but I do think Auburn is is a, is a fairly big winner in this. Um, going to be interesting to see what the, the running back situation is. Of course, you know all the news with Jarquez Hunter. Uh, what does that look like? It looks like he's listed as number one on the depth chart, though. Um, but you know, looking forward, I just I, I think this is going to be a, a really nice addition for Auburn to um, start the offense out, see what you get going into Cal. Um, kind of get jump started so shouldn't be too much of an issue for Auburn well we shall see Jack as always brother appreciate you calling in always fun to talk to you and uh, I'm sure I'll see you around between now and Saturday looking forward to it brother I can't wait for Saturday can't wait for uh, Uncle Pivo tonight to go live on game day on wings about four hours before kickoff every week so look forward to having you all right jack appreciate it man you do a fantastic job and always great to talk to you that's jack hudden joining us who called in for just a few minutes before we get old daryl daprich on the phone lines and uh, yes jack hudden and uncle t-bone of course uncle t he joins me every friday afternoon here in the studio him and jack will be hosting game day on wings 94.3 and wingsfm.com and uh, this Saturday, 10.30 a.m., those guys with a one-hour call-in show getting your thoughts, your picks, your predictions for Auburn f- football versus UMass and all the other games going on across the SEC. You know who else is good at talking about that? Double D, Daryl Dappert. He joins us on the phone lines when we come back as the Tuesday edition of On the Line rolls on here on ESPN 106.7.
Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds not the back of Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. And welcoming in, happy to welcome in our Tuesday 3.30 guest. It's Double D, Daryl Dapperts, joining us on the phone lines. Daryl, happy game week, brother. Oh, man, I'm so fired up. I mean, it's just amazing how different parts of the country, regional, mark different things. I, I can remember growing up in the Northeast and the first day of baseball, May, opening day, spring, people would lose their minds. And it was because it was a long, dark winter right up there. And so spring signified, let's go, let's get some good weather. For us that have lived basically in hell the last 10 days with this weather, <laughs> football season signifies fall and things cooling down and Saturday. I mean, it's just amazing how different parts of the country – you know, little things are, are marked on the calendar. Uh, all the women out there getting excited about all their pumpkin uh, spice stuff and all that, but here we go. And so it's just a different feel this week. Things cooled down a little bit. I'm so fired up and so excited, excited to be over there Saturday and covering it uh, and, and kind of getting a firsthand view have my eyeballs on this uh, 2023 edition of the Auburn Tigers. Well, man, let's talk about that team just a little bit. Before we get to the game itself, Daryl, we uh, we heard Hugh Freeze in his first game week press conference yesterday uh, previewing this game against UMass. Gave a lot of respect to that team, their head coach, and the defense that they play in college football. But before we talk about the matchup and UMass and everything about that, on Monday we got the official depth chart. And it's interesting because – I had a chance to ask head coach Hugh Freeze about that depth chart, specifically the wide receivers, and his answer wasn't really what we were looking for. Said, you know, didn't know where we got it, wasn't a huge depth chart guy. Um, but just your takeaway on the, I guess, the unofficial official depth chart for 2023. A little bit surprised on a couple of things. First of all, that whole, we don't know what the depth chart is. Not, I mean, we know that's just coach speak. There's an internal depth chart and for somebody to release that you can't release that behind the coach head coach's back I mean there there's obviously something somewhere that someone gave the SID so I don't know if that was just to kind of throw off any future opponents from week to week so they don't consider that gospel or you know that that's in stone maybe just to give them some, something to think about but there are a few things that kind of jumped out at me first of all there must be something to this Jalen McLeod injury talk that I know Hugh Freeze himself has said he's questionable, but he thinks he'll go. Because all practice, all fall practice, all we heard about was how Jalen McLeod was a monster, tough mm. to block. He is the starting jack, and then now he's third on the depth chart. And that tells me there's got to be some sort of injury issue there. And then sliding over to linebacker, I kind of felt like Austin Keys was the guy at one, but the other linebacker, the weak side linebacker, Cam Riley starting over Larry Nixon the third or Eugene Asante. This is where Auburn Twitter continues to screw with us. Last year it was the orange stuff. Remember they put all that orange stuff out? We thought we were getting orange jerseys. Yep. And Auburn Twitter just messed with us. Well, they throw Eugene Asante out there to welcome everybody on the first day of class running around campus, and the dude's not starting. Yeah. I mean, what a what a – little curveball they throw there. So that, that surprised me a little bit, too. I mean, Cam Riley at 242, 6'5", 242 is a thumper. I get that. But I would have thought it would have been Nixon or a 
Asante, and then definitely McLeod, even though Elijah McAllister was brought to SEC media days. Those were a couple of surprises right out of the gate. Yeah, and you talk about the linebackers, and that's the position I always go to. It's one of the positions that we highlighted all offseason, right, Daryl, is who is going to be your starting linebackers. And I think it's really important to note, and Hugh Freeze talked about this with the receivers, and I think the linebackers are the same way, just because linebacker A, linebacker B, or whoever starts against UMass this weekend, and I've said this so many times, just because they start this weekend doesn't mean they're going to start against Cal. Doesn't mean they're going to start against Sanford. Doesn't mean they'll start against Arkansas way down in the end of the line. So I think this is really up for grabs right now, and that's where Auburn can benefit from maybe a slower start to the season opponent-wise is figure out who your go-to linebackers truly are. It's funny you should say that. I mean, really, you're on the same wavelength as me. On a previous show earlier in the year, I mentioned that wide receiver and linebackers being, you know, kindred spirits on this Auburn roster because mm-hmm. I felt like Auburn was going to play a ton of linebackers the three, first three or four games. And then as they get to SEC play, they may start paring that down. But you play a ton of linebackers anyway because of certain packages, because of the heat, because you're trying. So I would suspect Sings, McAllister, McLeod, Jack, Riley, Asante, Nixon, Keys, all those guys getting. And, you know, what's interesting is Woodyard's not on here yeah. on this depth chart either. And I would have thought, but, but it would not shock me to see six or seven linebackers and three Jacks playing, you know, for the first three or four games out of necessity and just to kind of see what you have to narrow it down as you get to SEC play. And the same thing with the receivers. Six or seven can go out there at any time. Eight, nine. That, that goes, that's a pretty deep room, which surprises me. Well, man, isn't it just so refreshing, though, that we can actually talk about options at the linebacker spot and yeah. actually have depth, whereas in the years past, we're crossing our fingers and saying our prayers and hoping to God that K.J. Britt doesn't get hurt because who in the world's going to play after him? Yeah, oh, I mean, absolutely. And, and you know, again, I, I don't want to disparage anybody that's put on the Auburn uniforms, but even the last couple of years, we've had to go really go two or three deep with some walk-ons to get significant playing time at linebacker. Some of those now not even listed on the two or three deep. So the fact that Auburn has just a bevy of receivers, a bevy of linebackers and jacks to choose from, I think bodes well because, as we know, injuries happen uh, when you're playing in the SEC. Now, look, here's the thing, too. There's specialties amongst these linebackers, I think. I think some of these guys are better in coverage to drop and cover tight ends. I think some are better playing the run. So when you match up against a particular team at a particular offense, you may see that flip. And this guy may start because he's better at playing the run and this team's run heavier. This guy's better at covering tight ends and this team likes to throw against tight end, throw to the tight end a lot. Mm. I love that flexibility. And I think that's going to bode well for Ron Roberts' defense. I think that's a really, really good point, Daryl. And I think you're going to see that all season long. Daryl Dappert's joining us on the phone lines, makes appearances on Locked on Auburn and uh, every radio show in the state of Alabama. Daryl, any other surprises on, on, the Auburn, on the Auburn roster, on, the, um, on what we received yesterday from, from Auburn football, from Hugh Freeze? Anything else on there that surprised you about who was on there or maybe who was highlighted? The oars always get me. The oars are always surprising to me. When they list players and they say so-and-so or the the quarterback position, Robbie Ashford or Holden Garner, I mean, 
I'm not trying to read too much into it, I hope, but that tells me there's not a clear-cut number two, or you don't put the or there. Camden Brown or Nick Mardner being yeah. back up to Shane Hooks. Camden Brown's been my guy for a year and a half. I talk him up so much you'd think we were related. And I just love the kid, and he's battling through some injuries. So the oars uh, have kind of got me a little bit surprised where they are and who they are. Uh, is is surprising. And you've got some that are even in a starting rotation. You know, Zaire Shorter or Omari Kelly starting. Jay Fair or Javarius Johnson. So never mind the backup oars. Uh, sounds like some kind of rowing team or something at Harvard, right? <laughs> give me the – Clifton the third, give me the backup oars. I need to beat Yale here in rowing. But I think that just the fact that you've got some starters that are even listed as oars too um, – I don't know. Interesting, maybe by design, maybe to see not to get people too comfortable with depth charts when they come out, like I mentioned before, the week of. Is that the the most you've ever said the word or in your life, Daryl? It is after the blind side, maybe Michael or. <laughs> I said that a lot. I mean, that's been you know, that's been on my lips a lot the last couple of weeks with all that's going on in the news, but it is the most I've ever said or and it's one of the most you know, ors I've seen on a depth chart. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting note as Auburn gets prepared for week one versus UMass. And, Daryl, let's get into that conversation. I mentioned already how Hugh Freeze in his press conference yesterday, he showed a lot of respect for UMass, what they've done. They're already 1-0. and They defied odds in week one on the road against New Mexico State. Seven-point underdogs, they win by double digits on the road, Daryl. And you can tell that Hugh Freeze, he talked about how he's played them years and years and years in a row. He respects this UMass team, and you would hope that the team would respect them as well. But I want the Daryl Dapperts breakdown on this UMass team, including that quarterback that you claim you can pronounce his last name to a T. Tyson Pumachon. Tyson Pumachon is the name of that kid. So nice. I, I thank you for allowing me to flex there and, and pronounce his name. Love it. Here, here's the interesting thing about UMass. They were a 1-11 football team last year, so they are better. Okay, so let's focus on the positive. They've got this quarterback who, you know, Tyson Pumachon, who's tough as nails. He's a transfer, three-time transfer. I think everyone talks about him coming from Clemson, but he made a stop at Georgia Tech in between last year. So, you know, not, not too many people know that. Uh, he's tough. He will make plays, not too much down the field. 20 yards or deeper, it doesn't look like he's that efficient. Um, this team is better than last year, which you don't have to go further much to go further than a one and eleven team because of a couple reasons. They've got some transfers in. They're opportunistic on defense. Here's here's why Hugh Freeze said what he said. Don Brown, who's the head coach, was the head coach there before at UMass when they were their most successful. He also was the defensive coordinator for an absolutely horrible Arizona Wildcat team for two years, the last two years before he took the UMass job. What he did with that defense, with no talent, and, and, and Arizona staying in games late just because of his coaching style schematically, how he coaches them up, it, Arizona hated losing them because they felt like when they started getting some talented bodies, they could have an elite defense. That's how good or how well-respected he is as a defensive mind. So that being said, UMass gave up almost 500 yards against New Mexico State who last time I checked is not an offensive juggernaut. Right. So if a team from the Sun Belt gives up, you know, gets 470 on you, I think Auburn's going to be able to run the ball at will. I mean, I think that they're going to go for probably over 300 at least on the ground and I th- and wear UMass down. So I think that's where 
you've got that advantage. I, again, if you give up 470 to New Mexico State, I don't know how you're going to come into Jordan-Hare and expect Auburn to not absolutely run it down your throat. And then that's going to obviously, Jacob, loosen up their defense a little bit and then look for Peyton Thorne to have some success efficiency-wise. UMass did not even see a kid like Robbie Ashford who will come in with certain packages and his type of speed on read option, too. So they've got a lot of things to think about. Don Brown's a, a, a solid coach. They've got a solid quarterback. But I think Auburn's going to be able just to absolutely run the ball at will on them. And I think that's why it's going to be a long day. I think Auburn covers. And I think they cover because – I look for whatever whoever comes in in the second half. If Auburn builds a lead, and if it's Ashford that comes in or Garner that comes in, and you're down to Jeremiah Cobb running the ball in the third quarter or fourth quarter, I still see Auburn moving the ball effectively, and you want them to. You're not running it up. You're getting people playing time. You need to get playing time. So that's why I think they cover. We're getting you ready for Auburn versus UMass on Saturday with Daryl Dapper, who joins us every Tuesday at 3.30 here on On the Line on ESPN 106.7. You answered about three more of my questions. I was going to ask, what's Auburn's game plan? It seems like it's going to be run, run, run the football. Um, you talked about Auburn covering the spread of 35. I've seen 31. I've seen 35. I mean, I don't know what line you're predicting, but you think they cover regardless? I do. I think they cover 35, and I know your previous – Guest said something about an ESPN prediction indicator. I want to know what drugs that person's on. Yes. I mean, I'm sorry. I get it. 73%, you know, fairly. But that's, I mean, this should be a game that's 95, 97, 98. And where are they, are they putting so much stock in this quarterback or what they did on the road against New Mexico State? I mean, they just need to pump the brakes a little bit and understand that, you know, this is a SEC football team with a revamped offensive line with four stud ponies at tailback. I think they're going to be able to run at will. I mean, it could get ugly running, running as far as the statistics. And so, and you know, look, their secondary, although opportunistic, also got beat a lot by New Mexico mm-hmm. State. And so, you think Fairweather and some of those large children we have at receiver right now are not that are not going to take advantage of that? I mean, I just think it's going to get ugly i don't i don't suspect it's going to get ugly right from the gate but i think when we get into this late second quarter third quarter there's going to be some serious separation but it will be interesting to see if umass tries to run the football because i'm still 100 percent convinced until they show me otherwise that's the area on the defensive line that auburn needs to shore up is is running on the edges bouncing it outside we'll see if umass tries to take advantage of that Man, you break it down so well and just hit all of all the pieces. It's almost it's almost like you you, you know the the sports radio world, Daryl. It's almost like you kind of know what questions are coming and what I'm about well, to ask you. Maybe I just spent a lot of time with you in Nashville, so I kind of read your vibes. I know what you're. <laughs> when you talked about linebackers and receivers being similar, I was like, well, man, that's we're on the same wavelength. There's yeah. no doubt. That's exactly. It's a great analogy, and we'll see. But that's the fun about this Saturday. I think Auburn's going to be able to do a lot of things. And it's a great first game to to kind of run through some things and test some things. Well, we'll see what the result ends up being. Auburn heavy favorites over the UMass Minutemen in game one. Man, it's going to be so exciting just to get back to the stadium covering the games and then uh, hopping on the show with you next week and having you here on the show to talk about the recap and preview the Cal game, huh, Daryl? Man, I'll be, that'll be exciting, that Cal game late night. But, yeah, that'll be fun because they'll have played a game already against Auburn's AAA team, North Texas. Um 
where we get a lot of Auburn gets a lot of players. Apparently, the the, the minor league team, the feeder system. So yeah, that'll that'll be North Texas and Cal. You know, Auburn will get to see. We'll, we'll know a little bit about Cal after that game too. That's right. Well, Daryl, let everybody know where they can find you. I know you, you're obviously making appearances on Locked on Auburn with Zach Blackerby, so let everybody know where they can find that and find all of your just your great work. And, again, you, you just break it down and, and, and say it better than anybody in the business, man. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, Locked on Auburn on Fridays. I'm a regular Friday uh, guest with Zach. And then we do a reaction show right after every home every – Auburn, not home, every Auburn football game, and it drops Sunday morning. We do a little reaction, and then I'm on Monday mornings with our man Ben Taylor at 710 on News Talk WANI. Daryl Dapper, it's Double D, joins us every Tuesday. It's always a blast, brother, and I'll talk to you next Tuesday recapping UMass and previewing Cal. All right, brother. Have a good week. You too, man. Appreciate it. That's Daryl Daprich. Joins us every Tuesday on the show here at 3.30 on ESPN 106.7. Love that man so much. We uh, He mentioned Nashville. We got to spend and really get to know each other really well uh, at SEC Media Days. And just an absolute blast. What a great guy. And, and so smart. You can obviously tell he knows what he's doing. There's a reason that everybody in the state wants Daryl Daprich as a guest on their show. We're so honored to have him every Tuesday at 3.30 here on On the Line. We'll come back and wrap up the show before Bill and Dan take over coming up on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Man, what a fun show it's been today here on ESPN 106.7. Huh? If you've been with me all two hours, I appreciate you. Uh, if you've been in and out in the car, or tuned in just now, whatever it may be, I appreciate you tuning in each and every day during On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. Big thank you to uh, Daryl Daprich of Locked on Auburn and Montgomery Radio Legend. He joins us every Tuesday at 3.30. Always fun talking to him. Um, and it's not just because we have the same thoughts at times. He, he just is so good and is so... Um, it's just so exciting to talk to, right? Daryl is one of those guys that when you hear him talk about Auburn football, he, he's going to tell you what he thinks, and that's one of the reasons I have him on. But he's also just so knowledgeable about what what is happening on this team and what he believes is going to happen. So always a blast talking to him and also with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network who joined us back in the first hour as well because uh, he couldn't join us yesterday on, on his normal time slot, 3.30 on Monday, so we were able to get him on today. He'll be back to normal next week on Monday. So talk to those two gentlemen. Plus, um, we talked about the the crazy situation in Colorado last night with the uh, Atlanta Braves and the Colorado Rockies with Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, being approached by multiple fans uh, from the stands. And, and I just I told you what I thought about that and how it's borderline, not even borderline, it is. It's unacceptable for that to happen. So I've talked a lot about that, had some good uh, insight on that as well. And then also looked at some of the biggest SEC games in week one. So... That's what was on the show today. If you missed any of it, be sure to go and find the podcast at ESPNAU.com. It's commercial free right after the show today. Go find it. It was a great show. Coming up tomorrow, Austin Hand and Obama Central and Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 will preview the week one matchups for the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Georgia Bulldogs. It's rivalry Wednesday here on the show. So be sure you tune in 2 to 4 tomorrow right here on ESPN 106.7. Until then, stay safe. I'll talk to you later.